And then the even more wonderful additional end of the story, she stood up and she she was horrified by the callous hard-heartedness and even just joking manner of so many of the women in there as they're about to kill their baby while she's going through all of this angst. Yeah. She saw one other couple sitting in the waiting room and she said she knew looking at them that they were struggling with this decision. Yeah. And she went over to them and said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to keep my baby. You don't have to stay here, you know. You can leave too. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us as always. And uh, with this episode, we're going to do something that we haven't done in a while. We're going to do a case study. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, forgot to mention, I'm Daniel Parks. I'm Vicki Kasiorg. Yes, she is. So, yeah, we're going to jump into a case study Mm -hmm. and basically a story that's played out and I think is still playing out. Yeah. Of a mom that chose life that we met, that Vicky met at the abortion center. And I think these are helpful because we, we kind of share with you the flow of things. Some of the initial conversations, how that went, how things progressed for her to choose life and some of the connections that were made. I think this kind of gives you guys a real world view of our interactions with the mom that chooses life and some of the things that are helpful yeah. Maybe some of the things that we learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be talking in this. We're going to call her, we're gonna, is, is it Mama T? Mama T. Okay. Because so, her first name starts with T. We'll give you that much, but we obviously don't want to divulge yeah. anything further. So we'll just call her T, her. I guess. Let's call fine. her T. Okay. All right. <laughs> and T is in a high-risk maternity situation. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those, um, well, yeah, it's rare. But not super rare. Like we encounter these at the abortion center quite often, I guess. High often. risk. I will tell you, I often hear from a mom that it's high risk. Yeah. But that's not always the truth. Right, right. So we're going to talk about some of that as well. And so hopefully this will help equip you guys and help give you some confidence if you encounter this situation or maybe you have already encountered a situation like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, some of these principles, some of this experience will hopefully help equip you and um, yeah, keep you move, moving forward and help you be as effective as possible. And maybe you can learn from our mistakes because yeah. we make them from time to time. Yeah. This one um, this one really was a really, uh, I think it's a really good case to discuss because there were a lot of components to it that I think can train and help people. But this woman uh, pulled up to the driveway of the abortion center. She was about to turn in. She stopped, rolled down her window stopped for me. And I instantly handed her the literature. Right. That's step number one. Even yep. before I say hi, I, I, I am saying hi as I'm handing right. her the literature. They almost always then take it. Hi, my name is Vicki. We have hope and help available yeah. for you. And before I could say much further, she said, look, 
I really appreciate what you're doing here. I don't hear that often. Right. <laughs> but she um and and her eyes instantly are already watering. I appreciate yeah. what you what you're doing here. I don't want to be here, but I have no choice. I will die if I have this baby. Yeah. Is is what she said. So, like I said, I've heard this this many times, many times it turns out it was not true. Um but she I I immediately asked her then what's going on. Yep. You know, I'm really sorry what's going on. And she said she had a young baby at home who she almost died when that baby was born because her, her uterus ruptured. Yeah. And I know that is serious. And so she had not had enough time since that rupture before she was now pregnant again. And uh, she okay. said that her doctor had said that that she would die. So okay. that's, that's yeah. the first part of the scenario yeah that's a pretty heavy situation to be encountering there for sure yeah yeah and like you said to hear from her i appreciate what you guys are doing here what she's done in a sense which is kind of understandable is she's disconnected herself from abortion exactly and really just well that's what people like they do the people who are inside right. of there already or whatever, right. but I'm not like that. My situation is different, yeah. which her situation is different in the sense that she's in a high risk maternity situation yeah. apparently, yeah. but it's not different in the sense that she still would be going in there to take the life of her baby. So right. that, that needs to be like, we've always said, we've got to meet these women with compassion as silly. Sometimes as their circumstances might seem to us, we have to meet them with compassion as heavy as their situations seem to us, and this is a heavy situation, we still have to meet them with compassion. Compassion is with passion. We have to suffer with them. So we're passion. You you guys have probably heard me say that. Compassion, if you break it down, the the prefix is with, calm means with, and the word passion means suffering. We have to suffer with them. And so I know you did identifying with her pain. She's already crying, right? Yeah. yeah. Got to connect with them on that level yeah. because what they're going through is pretty heavy. Right. And so that was, you know, and there's some other principles that I didn't write down in the article that we accompany this podcast with, but um, things, getting the information in their hands right away, smiling, waving, showing that you're trustworthy and friendly. But I did say, I'm sorry several times and then asking what's going on, getting yeah. their story if, if she was willing to tell me. So, um, you know, I, I, I instantly did say, I feel terrible for you. I am so sorry. But, um, but listen, we have a high risk doctor that can talk with you for, for free. Have you gotten a second opinion? And that's always an important thing, yeah. thing to mention. Um, but, um, she she stopped when I said that and kind of dabbed at her eyes and and said, I, I, I just can't. Right. I, I can't. And then I, I said, do you know God? That was do you know God? And that yeah. made her start to cry um, even harder. Right. So there's a, a couple of main principles in in that uh, segment of of my encounter with her, which not every community is going to have a high risk doctor, yeah, but most do. And we have one that will actually talk to anyone nationally. So, um, you know, offering that second opinion and, and offering, um, a high risk doctor to talk with her. Yeah. That's definitely a powerful tool to have. If you have a high risk doctor, 
locally in your area yeah. that you've connected with. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are, like you said, in every area, there's there's some high-risk doctor right. that has right. dealt with situations like this. But whether or not yeah. they would be on your team and whether or not they would be willing to talk to women is a whole other story. Yeah. So it's good to, if you can, find out about that before you ever step onto a sidewalk because yeah. it's easily found out if, if it's in your community. But one of the – as we continued to talk then um, – I knew that God was in the equation because her eyes got even more. She was crying even harder when I said, do you know God? I think she nodded at the point, at, the, at that point. But then I, I talked about the certainty of the death of that child if she had an abortion right. bumped up against the possibility that she might die. And that's an important point, I think, to make in yeah. any in any situation where they're talking about the possibility of either the child's death or the possibility of the maternal, the mother's right. death. Yeah. In, in a, yeah, and that's not to just kind of push aside her concerns. Right. Obviously, we don't want her to die. Yeah. Um, we don't want the baby to die either, right. though. Right. And like you said, what, what Vicky's talking about is that contrast between you're, you've been told that you may die. There's such and such percent chance that you may die if you go through with this pregnancy. That, though, is not a certainty. Right. But if you go through with an abortion, I mean, the the goal of the abortion is to kill the child. Yeah. So if the abortion is successful, then that's a certainty that baby's going to die. Right. And bumping that message up against keep offering that high-risk doctor or a, a pro-life doctor with a with a second opinion. And then I asked her to pull over, and she said, listen, let me think about it. I'm going to look this pamphlet over and think about it. Yeah. So before she left, um, I said, can I pray with you? Because I knew she's going to drive away now. She's she has she has reached her limit of talking with me. It's clear. Yeah. So I said, "Can I pray with you?" And she nodded, and I prayed that God would help her to trust Him in this very hard thing that um, that she would consider not only the struggle she's going through, but the struggle that that poor baby's going to go through if right. um, if she decides to take that child's life, and that God would give her discernment yeah. to do what is best. And then, um, and pretty much closed there. And to my surprise, she did not pull into the driveway. She drove down and pulled into the the next driveway, which is the call center. Yeah. And so um, obviously conflicted, obviously very. does not have her mind set on abortion. Yeah. 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 And so that offering of prayer. Yeah. And I love what, again, Daniel, what you taught me in praying uh, if you you know, okay, they're about to leave. It's time to pray. Yeah, and to pray at them. Right. Yeah. And in that prayer, to be reiterating, you know, the main points of, yeah. of what you've already. Yeah, something to the effect of God. You no, know, I try to get their name at that point. Yeah. And I'm praying, God, please help T to right. see. Yeah. Your love for her, the fact that you care for her and you care about her situation. And help her also to see your love for her baby. Right. That you value this child and you have a good plan for her baby. And that, Lord, if you'll put her trust in you, mm -hmm. you're with her through this whole situation. Now, yeah. when I'm praying, I want to be careful not to pray. I know that she's going to be okay. And thank you, God, that she's absolutely not going to suffer any you issues. Because you don't know that. Because you don't know that. Right. But I do know that God will be near her if you, she puts her trust in him. Yeah. And I do have confidence that the Lord is a healer. And so I may even 
pray something like that. Lord, I pray that you would heal her, that the wounds that she has in her uterus would be quickly healed because that's the issue. Her uterus apparently been sewn back together and And it could rupture rupture again. again. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm praying at them, but I'm also careful not to, uh, you know, I don't want to give false hope either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So as she pulls over and she's sitting in the other call center parking lot, I wanted to be visible. I wanted her to know I had not abandoned her. But I I was far enough away that I I hoped it it was the right balance between intrusive, visible, but not intrusive. So I was standing there and used my time to call our high-risk doctor, um, who fortunately did pick up. I told her the situation, and I I said, uh, what do you think? Can you talk with her? And Edith is her name. Edith said, yes, she would be more than happy to talk yeah. with her. But she said, this is serious. She's right. she's not lying. It is the, This is a serious issue, and I'm right. going to do some research, but I'd be happy to talk with her, and I would need to ask her some questions. Can, it, can I get a little bit more of her background? So the woman was in the car, clearly sobbing her eyes out, yeah. reading the pamphlet. I saw her reading the pamphlet and I saw her on the phone and I just was, I was visibly praying then yeah, um, so that she knew that I was calling on God too as right. she's, as she's going um, through, through this discussion. And, um, and then she starts up her car and starts to pull out and um, she did roll down her window for me. And at the same time, the owner, well, I don't know if he's the owner, I don't know who he is, but he's someone high up in the abortion center, pulled in, almost hit me with his car, gets out of his car and comes furious with, at me running over. Yeah. And as this is happening, I'm ta- still talking to T and said, can I, can I give you... Dr. Edith's number. And she said, yes. I start writing it down. And this man comes barreling at me inches from my face. He has um, pushed me before. We know he can be violent. Yeah. And this does play into the story, believe me. And at that moment, our counselor, one of my fellow counselors saw this, knew this guy has the potential to be violent. And she pulled out her phone, came at us videotaping. Right. So um, because she wanted to have evidence, should I get beaten up or whatever for the police? Yeah. And she was afraid that I was going to get beaten up. And when the woman, when T saw the phone video and clearly videotaping, she then was angry and said, are you videotaping me? rolled up the window before I could get Edith's number to her and pulled out and right. into the abortion center. What's our key point here, Daniel? Yeah. About- <laughs> I mean, that's a that that's kind of a, a difficult balance there it because was. I think it was, I mean, we teach our people to pull out your phone and start right. videoing right. when something crazy starts happening. Right. But it is good if we're careful, as careful as we can be, not to appear to be uh, videoing the yeah. patients. Yeah. I don't know that there was any way to avoid that in that situation. Maybe put your phone a little down. I mean, at the end right. of the day, we have we have no there's no incentive for us to video patients. Yep. Right. And it does create a barrier and a breach of trust. You've already built trust with her. 
I would say, though, just hearing the scenario and how it played out, like uh-huh. I've said in the past, these women are oftentimes grasping for two things at the same time. They're grasping for a justification to abort and to write off of all that we're saying, and they're yeah. grasping for a justification to leave. Yeah. Right? And so I think that videotaping scenario was her grasping for a reason to go ahead and abort, just do it. And forget about what this this lady on the sidewalk said, because after all, she breached trust and she's videotaping me. Yeah. And I think that's what it was. It it shows that fight in her mind because she didn't even give you an opportunity to explain. She didn't even take in the fact that this guy was being belligerent and angry and all that stuff. Like, I mean, my question would be, if I was reasonably thinking, why are you yelling at me? I'm in the driveway here talking to this person. Why are you yelling? You know, you're supposed to be running the facility here and you're acting like a fool. But again... These women that we encounter are in very difficult situations, a lot of chaos in their minds. You can't you can't expect them to be thinking things through very clearly. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Just be careful as you're videotaping. So keep this in your mind when I get to the end of the story, because it's not how it truly ended. I don't mention in this article. So I want you to remember what you just said. All of that. Anyway, um, I did call out to her. She's driving away. No, we were videotaping him. Um, but that was all I could say, and right. she's gone. So she, I felt like I'd been punched. I, yeah. it was like, oh, I had her. Yeah. You know, she was. I was just about to hand her Edith's number, and she drives into the abortion center. Um, so um, she drives in, and she was in there for like an hour. The yeah. abortionist arrives in the meantime. She's in there. The hours going on. I got really busy with yeah. with other things and. Um, you know, I, I felt awful. That poor counselor felt awful um, because she, you know, she was saying the same thing you're saying. I don't know what else I could have done. Yeah. And um, and there really wasn't. She was in a very bad position. So anyway, um, a little about an hour later. Um, wait, before the hour later, uh, I actually got on the mic and I started talking about fear. Uh, yeah. Because this was a woman who was obviously afraid of dying, and it was fear that was fueling this decision. This was a, a time when I felt the mic would be useful to address. I didn't talk about people in a high-risk pregnancy or anything like that. I just I addressed the issue of fear yeah. over the microphone, and we know that – or we think that they can hear us in the, be- in the back room. And then I see, like an hour later, her car pull out. Again, the abortionist has come. So I'm assuming she had the abortion. Yeah. And um, she stopped for that very counselor who had been videotaping her, told that counselor she had chosen life. That counselor started crying. I'm, I'm way on the other side, by the way. I'm way, yeah. way down the street. But I'm, I'm seeing and thinking, wait, I, th- I think that's that car. And then I see that counselor hand her a blessing bag which I know means she's changed her mind. We've given her a gift. She's chosen life. And um, and as she's coming towards me, she instantly pulls over, rolls down her window and said, I didn't do it. Yeah. And I just laid my head down on the window and started sobbing because I was. it had been so emotional. Right. And I had thought this baby was dead. And here... It was still alive. She had saved the baby's life. And um, and 
the my main kind of point is here in this segment of it is just never give up. Yeah. Ne- never never give up and rejoice that um that in you were there and privileged to see right. this amazing transformation. So the end of the story though that isn't in here is um she wanted a mentor from our um from our love life uh program. She yeah. wanted a mentor, someone that would walk alongside her. As her story unfolds, it turns out uh, she actually went back later to the OBGYN. It was not as high risk as she had indicated. Yeah. You know, she needs to be followed and she should be followed by a high risk doctor. But the, generally, these things turn out fine. She'll, they'll take the baby a little early. They'll yeah. do a C-section a little early. So if she goes into labor, yeah, there is a danger of the, the uterine rupture, but probably not through the rest of the pregnancy, and they know what to look for. But um, what she told me was, um, first of all, she did know that that man was a jerk coming yeah. over. And what he, she said, he tried to run you over. And and I said, you know, the lady taping you, we destroyed that tape. I want you to know, as soon as he didn't hit me, we knew we didn't need that video. We we took it off our phones. It It's deleted. And she yeah. said, oh, I knew. I knew why you were taping me. So you're right, Daniel. She did know. Yeah. She knew. And it was part of an excuse to go back in. But she said while she was in there, for an hour she was in there. She said, she told them, she went to the front desk, she said, listen, give me a minute. She sat down. That minute turned into an hour. She was crying most of the time. And she said, what what opened her heart to considering life was the prayer. It wasn't really what we had said. It wasn't what I said in, in the prayer. It wasn't what she heard over the mic. It was that God was now forefront in her mind yeah. because we had prayed. Yeah. And so that's such a key, key element, I think, for us all to remember yeah. in our interactions with this mom. Yeah, If no doubt. you can, pray with them. Um, and the very act of praying is what's important, not if you have the exact right words. Yeah. And then the even more wonderful additional end of the story. She stood up. She finally, she said, God just finally said, you can't do this. She stood up and she she was horrified by the callous hard-heartedness and even just joking manner of so many of the women in there as they're about to kill their baby while she's going through all of this angst. Yeah. She saw one other couple sitting in the waiting room, and she said she knew, looking at them, that they were struggling with this decision. And she went over to them and said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to keep my baby. You don't have to stay here, you know. You can leave too. Yeah. And they got up and followed her out and left. So a few things. When that counselor was videotaping her and giving her an excuse to go in, if she hadn't gone in, she wouldn't have seen that couple. She wouldn't have had that war between good and evil. She wouldn't have seen it acting out right in front of her yeah. um, in the other clients. 
And that second baby that was saved might not have been saved. Yeah. So God uses so much. We had to be there. We had to be there. But look at how everything worked together yeah. for the good of those who love the Lord and have been called according to his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's encouraging. Yeah. And so, guys, we hope that this case study was an encouragement to you guys and that we gave you some principles and just uh, yeah, kind of walked you through that story. There's still, I mean, the story's not over. That baby's not yet been born. And there's still some mentoring that's taking yeah. place. And, and she said sort of one thing. of the main issues that she faced was her milk supply was running out and she needed formula. And I come to the office and guess what? There were two big cases of formula. So yeah. I called her and had her come meet me. And yesterday I gave her the formula. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, guys, um, yeah, again, we think uh, that this was a blessing to you. We hope it was a blessing to you. You can certainly reach out and share maybe some feedback, maybe some questions, maybe a little bit of encouragement. Maybe you want to throw a review, five-star review, into the uh, the reviews oh, on the podcast. We would not kick that down the street at all. No. We'd take it gladly. <laughs> We'd love it. We'd love some, some positive reviews on our podcast. We'd love for you guys to share this podcast. Maybe it would be encouraging to someone else. So certainly we encourage you guys to share this episode with others. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org if you have suggestions for other episodes. You can reach Vicki, Vicki at lovelife.org. Maybe you want to bounce some things off of Vicki. Maybe you want to pick her brain on sidewalk counseling stuff. So I know she'd be more than happy to answer any yeah. questions that you guys have. But until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Nothing's too precious since I met you